Hey, everybody. Welcome in. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS golf podcast and Skeeter for the second week in a row. We'll get ready for a tournament while looking back at a tournament we just enjoyed. The RBC Heritage at, uh, oh, I just drew the biggest blank in my head, Harbortown. Thank you very much, South Carolina Hilton, Ed. I don't know how I forgot that. There's only one um, course you care about South Carolina, let's be honest. <laughs> You're right, and it's about an hour and a half north, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or it could be south. I don't even know. Um, but that's not true. I enjoyed Harbortown quite a bit. And, Skeeter, if you remember when we did, uh, the during the downtime, a show about courses that uh, – or, or tournaments that we would like to go see, this was one of the ones in my top five for location, the fact that my family vacations in South Carolina, the beautiful uh, harbor that, that's right there behind 18, uh, and the fact that I like the course and, and, and whatever. I mean, I don't always love the fact trees hang over greens or whatever, but in general, I think it's a pretty cool course. And uh, at any rate, Skeeter, it was an awesome weekend. Once again, I mean – you want to talk about it wasn't a dogfight. It wasn't a slugfest. It was a Royal Rumble there. I mean, there were people coming from out of nowhere all over on Sunday afternoon. And dude, it was awesome. Yeah, I ended up getting to the casino. I ended up getting a 30 to one down on web. So I loved it. But I mean, it was just outstanding no matter what, dude. Sunday afternoon, Saturday after Saturday was uh, nuts right, too. Absolutely. But um, yeah, and I posted this on Twitter like, since when did the RBC Heritage turn into the John Deere Classic? Like, Yeah, kudos to Abe Answer, who broke the uh, tournament record, except for that Webb Simpson had already broken the <laughs> tournament record about 20, uh, not even 20, about 5, 5, 10 minutes before him. Like, That's brutal, man. Answer breaks the course record by one, except for he didn't, because the course record had been broken by two uh, in the group ahead of him. I mean, it was just... You know, as, as I told you, I didn't get to watch much of the weekend, or at least weekend afternoon, the main, the main the leaders, um, with high school graduation for me at the school I teach at, and then Father's uh, celebrating Father's Day on Saturday. But just every time I look, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's somebody shooting six under, seven under. Like, all right, good, I got Sergio T2 at 19 under, and all of a sudden, nope, nope, T5. It was just like, it was nuts. Like, I, I wish I would have gotten to watch a lot of it, but. Man, it was crazy. Like, I, yeah, it was it was great stuff, man. I'm I'm sitting there watching uh, with some family yesterday, and uh, I also had Hatton on a bet to win, and I also had a top five. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, all right, I really want Hatton to win and Webb to finish in the top five, but I'm not trying to be greedy here. And as I'm starting to think about, I kind of want to be greedy. All of a sudden, Berger holes out. He misses the green on 17. I'm like, nice, out of contention. He'll have trouble getting up and down. And he chips it in. I'm like, oh my god, dude, get out of here. And as you said, Sergio comes from like kind of out of nowhere. Brooks is making mad eagles before the rain delay. Like, it was chaos, dude, and it was good stuff. Yeah, like you saw guys shoot one under in like the final five or six groups and they ended up like T27. Like, gee, I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah, it was it was outstanding stuff. It was really good and um, you know, I mean, uh, there was a lot of good stuff from this week. I don't know how many of these you saw. I kind of waited till we got going with the podcast to bring this up to you. But there were some great exchanges that we picked up uh, from golfers. So did you see the exchange between Rory and Bubba when Bubba had a ball in the bunker and a crab came under it? I didn't see it, but I've seen, I saw like I've you got them. you got to check that out. That's a great exchange between Bubba and Rory. Um, was fantastic. And then a couple of F bombs that I caught. Yeah. I didn't even, people sent them to me. I didn't even catch them. But uh, the, the Rory one from Friday, 
where he, uh, he, I think, slices one. He's like, every effing time. And it's like, it just picked up perfectly. Uh, there was the Rom one where he's like, uh, what, what he like, he's walking off the green. He's like, he's like, that's a stupid effing design. Uh, I think it's on and, 15. Uh, yeah. And then, and then Woodland was probably my favorite of all where he swings and he, he, uh, I guess he pulled his, uh, his, I think it's probably a five wood or a three wood, uh, out of the fairway. And he's like really mad. And he swings the club backwards and he's like, gosh, darn it. And then he just, he, he explodes. He can't take him. He's like, I hate that bleeping shot. And I mean, I laughed so hard because he tried so hard to be cool and say, gosh, darn it, but he couldn't hold it in long enough. And I had a lot of conversations with people about the enjoyment of watching the golf without fans getting to hear some of this stuff is, is I love it, dude. I mean, like me and some of my buddies are like, that's true frustration. Like every other golfer I know. Is the more shocking part that one of the ones who they didn't pick up swearing was Hatton? Uh, well, I wonder if they had much live mic on him. So I'm here to tell you. So we, I had some family in town from Minnesota and they were over when the rain delay started and, uh, Hatton was getting ready. I think it was number three. He was getting ready to putt for birdie. It might've been, two, I think oh, it was. Oh, I did see this. And I thought, cause I didn't know any weather was coming in town. I thought the horn was like somebody out in the harbor or a train or a car. Yep. And I was like, like I interrupted family conversation and turned the, the volume up, doubled it in a hurry. Like this guy's about to blow a gasket and we've got to see this. And I thought, I mean, he, I thought he was going to crack the putter over the back of his neck. And fortunately he didn't for my five, you know, my top five bet. But I was you know, cause if he did that, yeah, even though there's a delay, I'm pretty sure he's not allowed to replace that club until the round's over. Right. You have to uh, put the uh, wedge or whatever. But he, dude, he was, he looked like he was ready to blow a gasket, and I was, I was pretty pumped for it. Um, so the one thing I did catch, and this was on PGA Tour Live, it was on, on Sunday morning, so they're showing, you know, a couple of feature groups. One was Bubba Watson and Wesley Bryan, and they're yeah. both, they're both out of it. They basically were playing, like, match play and just listening to, listening to all the trash talking and things like that, and. I mean, even at the end, like, they're just like, this was really fun. And I'm sitting here thinking, hey, Travelers, put them in the same, you know, is Wes Brown even playing this week? I, well, yeah, I, he is. I, like, I guarantee you the other guy is. Yeah, I, I did look through the Like, uh, the hey, group, Travelers, the put track. these two together and throw some other trash talker. A Kuchar isn't here, so we can't do that. Throw in Phil. Let all three of them just trash talk all day. It'd be <laughs> great to listen to. I mean, Phil and Bubba make sense. Lefties, master, you know, majors champions. Like, get Wes in there with them, Right. Right. And that was that was good stuff because at the uh, beginning of their match, Bubba was like, "Where are we at on the match?" And Brian's like, uh, "Well, we play match play or stroke play." <laughs> and Bubba, Bubba retorts, uh, "Well, what would the score be in either one?" <laughs> and uh, did you see this exchange? No. And Brian's like, "Well, match play, you're up one. Stroke play, you're up two. And Bubba goes, "Yeah, we play in stroke play." <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'd almost rather be up one hole than two strokes, but I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, so I mean. Uh... So it was weird. Like we have what minus twenty two win, mm-hmm. but yeah, how many? I mean, there were a still there were still some doubles and some triples. Like you got into trouble. It was disaster. The water. I mean, water kind of popped up uh, out of bounds. Some of those mounds. Yep. Like I. So I understand the scoring was really low, but there were some. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't just a birdie fest. I mean, there were some legit disaster scores out there. Yeah, and I will tell you this. When we talked about the Honda, and you were like, ah, I'd like to see a few more birdies, because that was, uh, I forget, yeah. M1 even or minus one or something. 
And I was like, oh, I love this. And I think what it is is I don't really care if they're making bogeys or birdies, if they're all mostly doing the same thing and you get that bunch leaderboard. Right. I don't really care what they're making. Like, I don't really want to see plus five win. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but I don't care if even wins. We don't need round three Shinnecock Hills from the U.S. Open a couple of years ago where yeah. Phil yeah, I mean, his it, ball off the green because it's just basically <laughs> correct. Yeah, but I mean, I think for me, it's not even about what the final score is. Uh, I learned yesterday that I can certainly enjoy a, a birdie fest, uh, especially with live lineups on Kings. If uh, if if there's multiple guys right there, you know, if every if it's not a if it's not a one horse race, I, I that's what I really enjoyed about really these last two weeks, man. Right. Yeah, and bunch of leaderboards, and I think we might get one this week. Because again, we still have a pretty strong field. I think so. Was there anything else we want to take away from what I thought was an awesome, uh, unfortunately not U.S. Open weekend, but still some really cool, good golf? I don't think so. I mean, this maybe was the Abraham answer coming out party that now I think people know kind of who he is. Um, outside of that, I don't think, I mean, not, not really anything else I can think of. All right. Well, let's uh, turn it over to the Travelers. We're going to TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut, a par 70, a short one, 6,841 yards. Skeeter, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so really short course. Um, one par 5 on each side, and the back does have a drivable par 4. If I remember this hole right, it's slightly it's slightly raised green, but, I mean, it's not, it's not anything terrible. But there's water left. Like, I swear I can remember people just – hitting driver trying to hit the green hook one left and they're swimming so and it's a semi-tough up and down from there so there'll be some strategies there just as we saw on nine at heritage where some people where most people laid up we saw a couple actually go for the green and were able to carry that bunker in front which is, is that the one where brooks had about a three foot tap in for eagle i thought it was ryan palmer but uh well, brooke brooks had one yesterday too because he had two eagles on his front nine Oh, and one of them was a par four, not a par five. Then, yeah, then, yeah, that would have been nine. It was sick, dude. I mean, we're talking about three foot. Like, it had to be the easiest eagle putt he's ever had. I, I say that, but maybe not with his length. Yeah, I'm sure he's put one within an inch or whatever. But um, <laughs> Yeah, probably so, a short par five. But, yeah, so, you know, what's what's interesting about this week, too, is, the you know, when we saw Colonial, when we saw Harbor Town, they were played a little bit later in the schedule than usual. And maybe that's what led to some of the – higher the lower score especially at harbor town the wind really never kicked up never materialized yeah and then with the heat there's a little extra distance so you have more wedges at least this week we are back to a norm the travelers has always played this this time of year so maybe we'll see some more normalcy um the cuts are usually between one under one over and you know when i'm starting to think par 70 six you know 6,800 yard, cor- you know, course. What course? What what other course do you think of that's short? And by the way, with Paula Greens, which is weird that you see that in the Northeast. But I think um, I thought Shinnecock had Poa too. Well, I have a feeling I already know the answer because well, I, I maybe read the article. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> Pe- Pebble- so I'll let you throw it out there. Yeah, Pebble Beach. Um, I realize Pebble's a par 72, but um. Yeah, Pebble just feels like a correlation. When I started looking at guys who've played well at both, like, let me see if I can pull up some of these things. Like, 
Um, Spieth has won at Pebble, and he's won here. Streelman always plays well at Pebble, usually it's because he's got Larry Fitzgerald there. Um, Phil's won Phil. at Pebble and here. Uh, um, Didn't Paul, win, but Paul Casey and Phil had that duel a couple year and a half ago. And Paul Casey's done everything but win here. Jason Day has won at Pebble and played well here. And then uh, Pat Mayo also threw out Riviera. Which then again, when you start thinking about that, well, Bubba's won there three times. He's won here three yep. times. Phil's won both. Um, oh, Ches Reavy, who won here last year, he's traditionally played Pebble very well. Um, there was a couple other guys I saw with the with the. Um, oh, Von uh, Von Taylor's another one. Pebble, who he's he's won at Pebble. He's played well here. There was somebody else I thought. Oh, Cantley's always played well at Riviera. Played well here. Dustin loves Riviera, so that's an interesting name when we get to that one. Um, so there is some correlation to Riviera and Pedal, I think, to uh, the Travelers. Okay. Um, with this kind of short setup, what are the stats you're looking at? I don't know if, you know, so far in the restart, driving distance hasn't seemed to be monumental. Yeah, and I don't think driving distance is going to be a major factor here this week outside of maybe some of them is bombing and hitting wedges in. So, but I'm looking at tee to green approach. Basically there should be, there's more birdies and bogeys here. So I'm going to look at the opportunities gain the birdies better. There's seven of the 12 par fours are between 400 and 450 yards. So I'll look there. I'll look at that proximity from 125 to 175, a lot of wedges, short irons coming in. And then, and then even though, even though there's only two par fives, uh, most of the scoring does happen on, you know, strokes game par five was kind of the one that, Stuck out a little bit more and then putting and I'll look at polo putting and you know I have two models up on my screen right now I have my normal custom model with all these stats and I also have one with all these stats but how, but for courses under 7200 yards and polo putting anything before we get into the field I don't think so I guess, I guess the only thing is to kind of keep an eye on with withdrawals there's already been a few like Daniel Berger's not playing um I think there was a reshuffle, which I don't fully get from with the Corn Ferry graduates from a year ago, and that's bumped some. Or one guy I think was bumped and got in. They got bumped again because of a top ten at the Honda, and this is like the first non-invitational or traditional non-invitational since Honda. So there's some there's some weird things. Like check out Rob Bolton, or P I'd say Rob Bolton's the, mainly the one who will tweet out any latest field editions as far as in and out. And I guess it bears mentioning, because uh, you mentioned withdrawal, we did have one positive test for COVID, and it was Nick Watney. Um, I guess you kind of have to look at it still as a good thing that there's only been one positive test so far out of all the guys, right? Yeah, and I, th I think Rory said it the best. Like He's like, come on, we're not naive. We knew that this was going to happen at some point. Sure. So um, you, you got to feel pretty good about the way it's going thus far. Yeah, but again, yeah, don't be surprised if Wednesday if somebody else does or, you know, this is kind of the, you know, as we're now, this feels normal, right? It feels normal. Okay, we have golf back, mm -hmm. back to shot tracker, things like that. But just, I'd still be a little careful on the bankroll just because there's always a withdrawal risk, not because it's Louis Oosthuizen, but because of the COVID and it could really hit anybody. Like, can you imagine a Sergio who was, after round three on Saturday, because I think he had flown with Watney if he had tested positive, and all of a sudden he's uh, withdrawn. I mean, it's going to happen at some point, I bet, where somebody is going to be top 10, top 15, going into the weekend or even going into Sunday, and they're going to have to withdraw because they test positive. I, you know, I think it's – I hope it doesn't happen, but 
it won't shock me if it does. Yeah, definitely will shock me. Uh, you say, can you imagine? Could you imagine if Sergio's the next guy to get it? And he probably <laughs> he probably might have one or two persons suggest that maybe he should have gotten it instead of Nick Watney. Oh, yeah, I mean, himself too, <laughs> somebody's I mean. going to say that to him. If not, uh, 100,000 people on Twitter are going to say it to oh, him. Well, well, yeah, I mean, everybody on Twitter. I mean, there's always somebody <laughs> on Twitter who's going to be the ultra contrarian or smart Alex. So, yeah. With that, should we get into the field? Yep. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, again, we've got a, a healthy choice of options up here in the 10K plus range. We've got six guys. Starts with Rory McElroy at 11-2, Bryson DeChambeau at 11 even, Justin Thomas 10-8, Webb Simpson 10-5, John Rom 10-2, Brooks Kepka 10,000 even. Skeeter, I'll start with you. Your favorite play out of these six in the 10K tier. Um, again, I mean, a lot of good names here. I'm going to go Justin Thomas. And he, okay. He stormed the leaderboard yesterday. Like, him and Rom played together both Saturday and Sunday, and they were basically playing match play on the front nine both days, but then JT kind of pulled away a little. Uh, actually, no, they ended up the same on Saturday. That's why they played together on Sunday, and then JT just went absolutely nuts. Um, his best putting surface is is Poa, ever so slightly over the other two. But he just rates out so incredibly well in my normal model. He's first in my model. He ranks first in a – by the way, it's over 50 rounds this week. Um, in approach, opportunities gained, birdies are better, proximity from 150 to 175, and par 5 strokes gained. The only thing he's kind of questionable at 76 in putting, but, you know, it's just it's putting. Um that even continues on short courses, but he just rates out so well. I get the $400 discount from Rory, $200 off Bryson. I think he's fairly priced, and he's done nothing but throw up top 10s. At 10-8, if I'm paying up, he's kind of the guy I'm looking at. I have no argument with that. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, and I should. I want to point this out too with Justin, at least at the book I use, he's the favorite this week. Uh, so, Oddly, I think it may have something to do with the availability of dra- uh, of betting online with the uh, FanDuel DraftKings type things. So now my book is offering the finishing position where I could also bet the top six uh, either way mm-hmm. or a winner enhanced offering, but you could only bet that. So I had to bet top, top fives aside. Mm-hmm. But So Justin Thomas is either 10 to 1 normal or 11 to 1 with the winner enhanced offering that doesn't offer the either way, but you still make the, the f- top five bets. So I'll be making that. But at any rate, the point there, you like Thomas the best out of his grouping. As the third highest priced player here on DraftKings, he is the favorite at my book anyway. Hmm. So mm-hmm. that, that only reinforces what you're, uh, you're, you're looking at. There's a guy later that I'll uh, be bringing that to the table for why I like him too. But my favorite is Brooks. Brooks is coming on strong. Mm. I don't know if Brooks cares about anything that anyone says or thinks, but maybe it's possible that he cares about people calling him the big game hunter and he can't win on the regular uh, seventh last week, 32nd the week before. Uh, I I get the feeling he's worried about what some people say because during the break yesterday with the weather delay, uh, he retweeted a, I think it was a PGA or golf channel uh, tweet about his two Eagles on the front nine. And he uh, subtweeted with the quote, fantastic stuff, mocking one Nick Falda who said the same thing the week before when Brooks didn't say anything after a shot and Brooks had said everyone should be quiet. Mm -hmm. So Brooks is paying attention to what people are saying, man. There's no doubt about it. That tweet says it all as he tried to make a dig back at Faldo. I think he cares about what people think. I think he wants to win tournaments outside of majors. I mean, you get paid money. Brooks likes money. I like Brooks Kepka this week for a lot of reasons. 
but he's the cheapest guy of this tier. He's very well could be the best golfer in this tier still. Uh, still played very good last week. Uh, I have trouble getting away from one Brooks Kepka, who, by the way, has a ninth and a 19th here in, in his. He was 57th last year, but 19th and 9th the previous two times. Mm-hmm. So he gained all of his strokes last week off the tee, 6.9, and then he actually gained 3.8 strokes putting. He gained 4.7 strokes putting at Schwab, so he's been a little putter reliant, so loss on approach there. I, his lack of approach game does worry me a little bit, but I get it. I mean, the price is right. Um, He's starting to kind of come on and, you know, maybe maybe just get your future bets on him at the PGA Championship here in about a month <laughs> and a half. Just, just throw a future on that one. Well, I will tell you this, Skeeter. Every time I go to the book and I have some winnings that I have a little extra, I do play some future bet. I've done it every week, so every week that I had surplus money. Maybe I will do that this week after uh, a bounce-back week at the book for me last week. Um, but – before I pat myself on the back too hard, Barry Horowitz style. Let's go back to you and your second favorite play here in this this 10K tier. I feel like every now and then you just feel like you got to throw a Barry Horowitz reference in there. I loved him. He's the ultimate of, of all jobbers in wrestling history. To me, he is my favorite because he went out there. He always did the job, but you knew who he was. He wasn't just Joe Schmo from the street. He was Barry Horowitz. He reached around with his right arm and patted himself on the left shoulder, then did the other. He took, you know, no one else cared about him. He pat himself on the back. Barry Horowitz to me, maybe it's just the age I'm in. Maybe it was the golden era that he wrestled in, but he is the ultimate job. I would go Brooklyn Brawler, but I have no problem with Barry But didn't Horowitz. Brooklyn Brawler like win some? Did he? Yeah, maybe not. I, maybe don't, not. I don't remember. I always thought he lost. Um, unless it was against Heath Slater when he was challenging all the legends. Um, my second guy. I wonder if people are going to kind of forget about him because he's kind of had a lackluster 46 and 37th the past two weeks. Or, I'm sorry, 32nd and 41st. I have no idea where I came up with those numbers. Um, Rory. Okay. Like, sometimes you got to pay to be contrarian, and, I mean, he still rates out really well. Tita Green, DraftKings scoring, par 4, par 5. You know, even when I look at what he's done the past two weeks, yeah, he's losing a stroke putting. That's nothing new for Rory. His irons just aren't... He's gaming, but they're, he's not elite there. When he figures it out, he might storm a field here. And um, I, I think he might be among the lower-owned guys here. He's had a 12th and 17th, so he has played well here before. I'm not saying I'm going to play him, but 11-2, if people are kind of off of him, this almost feels like a, people have kind of forgotten about Rory, especially Bryson underneath and Webb winning and Brooks coming on, like, Maybe this is the time to go to Rory. Okay. I, I, that's interesting because I told my mother yesterday that she needs to pick a new player to, to bet because Rory has not been paying the bills for her lately. Maybe maybe her and I need to have a conversation when we're done here about sticking with Rory one more time. Do you really want to put up your mom if our Rory wins and she goes, why did you cut me <laughs> off there, James? When she wouldn't know who anyone else she bet on without Tiger being in the field is. Like, I, we, she watched me cheer Webb Simpson on to victory yesterday and would not know who he is today if I said his name. Sure so, no, you're probably right. We should probably stick with Rory. Yeah. Especially, I don't believe Ricky's in the field this week, which is maybe the only other golfer besides Tiger she knows. Yeah, I should get her to know, uh, introduce her to Watson. She's she knows who Bubba is and she's made some Bubba bets and I Bubba's gonna be on my bet slip I can promise you that this actually, week. Actually, I have one further question. Does she know who Charlie Hoffman is? Probably not. 
Jeez. Probably not. You're like, I don't have any Charlie. I don't have like a poster or a T-shirt or anything. Like, and I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say she's never listened to this podcast. <laughs> Considering she says things to me like, "You need to get me on that email." I'm pretty sure she's never listened to this podcast or any podcast. Yeah, that's right, true. <laughs> um, my second favorite play in this 10K tier is right below Rory. I'm going with Beefy Bryson, man. Eighth last week, third the week before. Eighth year last year, ninth the week the year before. I mean, those two things are about as combined goodness out of this 10K tier as I can get. Give me Bryson at 11K. He's playing well. I, I like the rip on him uh, for, you know, getting beefy and big. But you know what, dude? It's working for him. Yeah, I mean, he rates out top 10 a lot of the stat models. Doesn't I mean, his proximity from 125 to 175 is slightly above average, but everything else is pretty good. I, I mean, I just, I feel like everybody's just going to start using Bryson because he's getting so much attention. He's been playing fairly well, but I mean, maybe that's another future bet for, for you know, actually was it uh three is three M next week or two weeks from now? The one in Minnesota, the one we should have won think, last year. And... I thought Rocket Mortgage was next week. Maybe three M's the week after that, or the Memorial. They're all three kind of coming up. I think. But I, I feel you. I, I can't get futures on anything that's not a major out of my book. Go get a ma- go get a Masters future on him. I think he's played okay there. Well, I, st- I still have my Bubba and my JB Holmes live for uh, the Masters that I futured. Bubba's not. That's a good one. I, Bubba's coming on. Yeah. Um, well, we've we've hit a few guys here. There's only a couple left. Who in this tier would you not play? Mm. And it's okay if you say Bryson. No, I, I'm going to play the winning narrative. I'm just going to say Webb, but then I don't think he goes back-to-back. Um, and that's really the only reason, like, I don't have anything against him. He does have an eighth year to pass, rates out well statistically. I just, I just don't see him winning back-to-back. Okay, here, let me piggyback that for you, because Webb's my guy, too. And I've, I've had tickets on Webb, both of his wins this year. I believe those were his sixth and seventh wins of his career. Is he going to get his eighth win? Is he going to go from five wins to eight wins in less than half of a, a six months of golf time, right, with the, the time off? I mean, and, I, I won't be afraid to take him at Sedgefield. I think he loves that course. Okay, so he may. Um, but it, I, I'm kind of doubling down on the, the the back-to-back winner narrative as I don't see it happening. And then you couple it with the fact that uh, – you know, like when they showed the number of wins as they were going through the leaderboard towards the end, like Justin Thomas has 12 wins in his career. I think Webb had six yesterday was seven, or maybe it was seven to eight. But at any rate, Justin Thomas, much younger, already has more wins than him, is a better golfer. I'm, I love Webb Simpson. He's joining Team Adams with, with what he's done for me and some lineups and some bets. And in fact, I even had Webb, I think, last year before I was going to the book in a second place finish for a nice lineup too. So I love Webb Simpson but he's not as good as Justin Thomas and he's probably not as good as John Rahm. He's probably not as good as Brooks Kepka, even though Kepka's just now getting back into like elite form. When Webb is priced at 10-5, I don't really like playing him. I like Webb when he's the last price guy in the 9K tier like he was last week. Mm-hmm. I like Webb when he's down there in the 8Ks. That's when I'd love to play Webb Simpson and it's all upside from there. I don't, I mean, think, we're, I don't think we're going to see Webb in the 8Ks anytime soon. Well, maybe not, but, uh, you know, I like Webb when he's – I mean, he was close to the AKs last week before winning. 
Right, you know, he was the lowest place guy in 9K, so he was close. That's where I like Webb Simpson when he's cheaper than guys like Dustin and Rose and Morikawa, not when he's a thousand more. Right. No, I I think it's I agree. Very good golfer. Maybe he, but he just doesn't feel like he's part of that tier one. He might be a. I think he's towards the head of the second tier, but not. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather have Rom. I'd rather have Kepka. I still would rather have DJ. But I think Webb could win another U.S. Open. I don't know if it's this year, but I think he could win a U.S. Open. Maybe a PGA if it's at a shorter course. Well, PGA is what at Harding Park, and he won a U.S. Open at um. Was that San one? Fran? Olympic? Yeah, yeah, he won an Olympic. So, Olympic I mean, club? He, he, yeah. So, I mean, his only major win was in San Francisco, and they're back there at TPC Harding Park, and I think they're across, they're like either across the street or they're really close to each other, I think. Yeah, so uh, while Webb is my fade in this 10K tier this week, I'm still on Team Webb, and I do think he could he could be, uh, which I did not think a year and a half ago, but I do think he could be a, a major champion a second time. I, yeah, I, I agree. Maybe even Augusta. I don't know what his Augusta history is, but... He did pretty good there in 2019, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's an, a, a Masters champion. He could be though, but yeah. that remains to be seen. Um, you ready to take it to the 9K tier? Yep. We get a couple more choices this week in 9K. We start with a guy who I think may win a Masters, uh, probably not this year, but may win one soon. Patrick Cantlay, 98. Xander Shoffley, 96. Dustin Johnson, 94. Justin Rose, 92. Colin Morikawa, 91. And Abraham answer, 9K even. Skeeter Robinson, your favorite play in the 9K tier. Well, so I compare, So I said, you know, corollary courses here. I thought Pebble was huge. I think there is some to Riviera. You want to know who's played Pebble and Riviera really well throughout the years? Dustin Johnson. Well, yeah. I mean, he has just dominated those courses. He's starting to gain off the tee. He was better with his approach a week ago. I'm trying to pull up the numbers. Like, he feels like he's 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 not there yet as far as elite Dustin, but it mm-hmm. feels like it's coming. And if you're gonna give me Dustin in a short course at 9,400, I think this is just too much value to pass up. A uh, third opportunity is gained over the past 50 rounds. 19th tee to green, eighth in proximity from 125 to 150. When I look at my, you know. Under 7,200 yards on POA model, 37 rounds, he's number one in my model, and he rates out top five in everything except the proximity numbers and putting. I like that. I like the fact that he does well on short courses with POA at 9,400. I still think it's a little too cheap on DJ. I'm going to keep riding this until he gets back up to the 10s. I don't blame you. I'm sure I'll find a a piece of him here and there, but – my favorite play, he finished 14th at Schwab, second last week. He was eighth here, I believe, last year. Abe answer, man. I think you said it last week. It feels like it's coming. I really, I really feel like it's coming. You got me on board a little bit in some lineups this last week with him, and I thank you for that. I wish I were listening to my I'm own going... voice then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you think it's coming, and I and I mean now. What I, and I don't know how much this really bears to my decision to like him this week, but they asked Ernie Els, or maybe Ernie Els even offered this as the uh, captain of the President's Cup. He said there were two guys, and, and you know I can't think of the other one right now because I'm an idiot. He said there were two guys on his team that he thought could reach world number one status, and Abraham Answer was one of those two. Was Sung Jay the other one? Uh, yes, it was, actually. Good call. I don't know how I was losing that because I thought it should be Leishman, but it wasn't because uh, Leishman's close up there. I was like, well, what's wrong with Mark? But – 
Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, it, w- it was the other one, but it was Abraham answer. So obviously he's impressed L's. And I'll tell you this too, as uh, I am kind of getting ready for my bets, but not really yet. Abraham answer, 33 to one. I'd mm. say he's really close to a lock on my bet slip this week too. Yeah, no, that, I think it's fair. And, um, I'm in a group chat with Michael Waldo and a few other guys from around here. And they're not, I mean, they pay attention to golf, but they're not like me. Um, and, and, you know, there are a couple of them were saying that they were really uh, impressed with the answer. And my response was, I say he wins 3M Rocket Mortgage or the Wyndham. Like, I think I think his wins come not this week. but Just I, not this week. Okay. Well, I think it's coming as far as maybe once, you know, once some of these other top guys kind of take their break, you know, it feels like this would be a, that'd be the right time for answer. But um, I can't argue with you. you guys playing well and, you know, his welcome out, his welcome his coming out party was yesterday, but I still think people are just going to look and say, hmm, do I want to play answer at 9K or the solid Morikawa 9100 or Mr. Course History but can't win Paul Casey mm-hmm. for 100 cheaper? Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that people stay off Abe answer because I'm all about him. And I can't wait to get to my uh, get to Texas so I can get some of that that tequila that he has now started to uh, mm-hmm. to manufacture, the uh, I assume, the Fletcher El Zoo that he had the hat and his caddy was wearing the hat. Nice. Alcohol is always a tiebreaker, Skeeter. In case you <laughs> well, for you, not for me, but fair enough. If you were to go off of DJ, where would you go in this tier? I mean, if I think, you know, I have a history of having my, my guys, uh, Dustin at 94. Dustin's always my guy. So is Justin Rose. Mm-hmm. 9,200. He's still playing well enough. I, I mean, I really second at, at Schwab. He was 14th at Heritage, and he kind of threw a little Sunday run together. Um, was pretty good all around, lost a stroke putting, but everything else his off the tee was good. His approach was good. His around the green was solid. I like seeing the all-around thing, the putting. Yeah, you know, whatever happens. His best putting service ever so slightly is Poa. I mean, it's not a real significant difference. So he just tends to show up at some of these classic courses, and I think he can show up at any course, really. Um, seventh opportunities gain, eighth birdies are better, sixth in par five strokes gain, twelfth in DraftKings points. Those are all things I like. His good tee to green and approach numbers, those prior are still a little bit down just from his struggles earlier in the season. But ninety two hundred still feels a little too cheap on Justin Rose. I don't know, you know, I think I have to figure out do I start JT, DJ, do I fit Rose in, or do I start DJ and Rose and pound a little bit in the eight K range? So I don't know what I'm gonna do there. I get it. I get it. Uh, and I don't hate either of your two guys. I think price is a little bit of where I go. And so I go a little bit lower than you. I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa as my other guy. Um, and I do like your two. And I probably will find myself with at least one share out of my 10 lineups. But I look again, Mount Morikawa, young guy, uh, 36th last year at this tournament. He uh, He really did not play well yesterday. But the week before, he lost in that playoff. So we saw some really good form recently on a shorter course, which is what we're seeing here again. Uh, give me some Colin Morikawa here at 91. Yeah, no, he rates well. Second in approach, top 10 DraftKings points, T to green, par 5 strokes game. It's just, can the guy make a putt? I mean, he did two weeks ago. That's why he was in the playoff. But And he missed a short one. That's what got him out of the playoff. But, yeah, that putting is... I mean, he'll he'll find the green. He's got to make one. There's two guys left that we haven't mentioned. Will they be one of your fades? Will they be yep. one of my fades? Yep. I'm I'm going bold here potentially, but I'm going Patrick Cantlay. And the only reason 
besides prices, we haven't seen them for two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm playing way too much into this. I mean, I did. I was considering Hideki last week. Didn't play him, and well, that was probably a good move. Um, I just worry, especially. I think there had been some rumors that his back might have been bothering him. Maybe that's why he took a little extra time. You know, he. I think he's had some back issues in the past, so. I'm just going to take a wait-and-see approach, especially at 9,800, where I can get DJ for 400 or less, or Rose for 600 or less, who I still think right now are better golfers than Cantley. Cantley might get there at some point, but I'm just not willing to pay 9,800 for him, even if he fits really well at this course, and he does I would, statistically. I was going to say, he is actually my six out of these six, so he's my fade, too. Uh, barely over Xander, it's because he costs just a little bit more. But boy, do I look at the 17th at Genesis and the 11th at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro yeah. and think, Huh. Along with two top 25 finishes here the last two years. What were they exactly? I've already forgotten, but uh, uh, they're good. 15th both times. There you go. All right. Yeah. So no, I'm mean, with you, though. We haven't seen them. There was, you know, an injury. So because it's not like the Genesis was the last tournament. There were several tournaments after that that he did miss because I thought he had like a nasal surgery, too, or something. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's not like he's going to come in at 5% ownership. Like he'll be in the double digits because people love Patrick Cantlay. Sure. So it's just it's a combination of all those things. I get it. I get it. Well, shall we take it to the 8K tier? Yep. Let's do it. Paul Casey, 89. Bubba Watson, 88. Patrick Reed, 87. Sungjae M, 86. Sergio Garcia, 85. Jordan Spieth, 84. Gary Woodland, 83. Tony Finau, 82. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 81. Mark Leishman, 8K even. Skeeter, I like this tier. Who do you like the best? I don't mind this tier, but I don't have strong convictions. Like, I don't have anybody that I'm like, oh, this is an absolute must play. I got like four. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I have guys that I'm I'm willing to play and probably will. I just there's nobody who is like, oh, you know what? I have to play them. So my in the end, my favorite's going to be Gary Woodland. Um, he does seem to play shorter courses pretty well. At least I think he does. Um, Where'd he win that U.S. Open at last year? Pebble Beach. Yeah. Sir. I mean, top twenty in short courses and tee to green approach, opportunities gain and putting which is weird to see him putting on POA pretty well, but just doesn't have a ton of weaknesses when I look at the stats. Um, even in the regular model, seventh in approach, top 20, and the opportunities gained, birdies are better, DraftKings points. It's just 8,300, like, he's been playing okay. Like, I don't know why he's still this cheap. Um, I know he didn't have the best weekend at Heritage. I mean, he shot one under on the weekend, which meant he just got run over, but... He did mm-hmm. make 21 birdies, so it wasn't like, I mean, he's had nine bogeys, one double, and one dreaded other, but, you know, that's a good enough price that this feels like a little bit of a bargain, so I will take him. And he was right there the week before Colonial, before he just kind of blew up at uh, the turn, 8, 10, 11, bogeyed all three of them. He was right there before that, uh, the week before. Yeah, and even, you know, last last year when he won the U.S. Open, he was 52nd at Memorial the week before, or the tournament before. So, I mean, he can bounce back. And the only thing that does concern me is his off the tee. He's lost strokes both weeks, but his approaches have been lightning. And he's actually putting, which is which is always interesting for Gary Woodland. Gary is on my bet slip at 55 to 1. I just think so you know. A good number. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I like to start laying down on multiple guys where the, the return gets pretty good. Uh, so, right now, he's on there. We'll say that. My favorite, also on my bet slip, considerably higher at 35 to 1, gonna be the chalk of the week. I don't care. I was cool with Chalk Webb last week because he won. Give me Chalk Bubba this week at this course. Bubba's my guy. He's playing good, 
and he he's won here three times. I mean, this is a Bubba course while Bubba's playing good. Let's go. Yeah, uh, let's see, 2010, 2015, 2018, so yeah. And then had a miscut in 17, was 54th last year. What is his ownership on a Monday night? I bet it's big. He's got to be no, the chalk of this whole place, no. right? He's about 14%, and like, everybody from Dustin, I mean, the whole 9K range and this upper 8K range, they're all, they're all going to kind of blend together. Somebody will kind of come out. Believe it or not, Morikawa is kind of the, is the highest owned in this range right now, but they're all going to hover around 15%. So, I, you know, maybe there's going to be a lot of balanced build lineups this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll find myself. I mean, I could find myself, honestly, with a lineup I really like with Abe answering it. Pull him out, popping Bubba. Pull him out, popping Casey. Yeah, and Bubba does. He, his numbers are a little bit better on these short courses, so I get it. I don't know if I will get there just because I expect him. I expect enough people to kind of talk him up throughout the week. That's fair. And, and I, I mean, I when I said he was going to be a, my favorite, I expect him to be chalk. But you know, uh, when I'm playing ten lineups, I'll take forty percent of the chalk guy. I still have six lineups without him, I guess. So uh, if you don't go with Gary Woodland, where would you go in this tier? I want to say Paul Casey, but I think his course history is going to make him popular. And plus, we haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think Sergio's won at Riviera before. And okay. he was just hitting the heck out of his irons last week. But again, True. Sergio, make a putt. Make a couple putts, and you're probably, you're probably at least in a playoff. But um, very good tee to green. He made a bunch of birdies. E500, a little bit of a price hike. But he, I mean... The approach game was fire, and that's and I love looking at that. So for me, I'll make Sergio my two. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with Mark Leishman. Yeah. He's the cheapest option here. Uh, I know he didn't do well two weeks ago, but he has won this tournament before. Uh, I am Mark Leishman's kind of one of my dudes. Uh, not only has he won this tournament, but he's 21st last year, missed the cut prior, then 17th, 9th, 39th, 11th, 30th. I mean. He's finished pretty well, to be honest with you. Anything inside the top 15 at this price is fine for me, and he does that more often than not with the upside of a winner. I know he didn't look good two weeks ago. He didn't make the cut, but he did win before the break on this tour too. So, I mean, Mark Leishman's not – it's not like it's his form is long gone. I'm going to take my chances with with one of my guys here. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Leishman. I'm not, I don't think I'll use him, but I have no problem with it. In fact, I've got him as well on my bet slip. He is just under Woodland at 60. So the four I've mentioned are the four I'm thinking I'll bet this week. I'll probably, well, we know there will be a few long shots still. I want to see if I can talk you on a one in the 7K range. Okay. Well, uh, if uh, we we hit some guys, and I'll tell you what. You mentioned Casey. I like Casey. I'll have all four of the guys uh, mentioned there. Who would you avoid in this tier? I think it's time to go back to the train. Um, Okay. I get it. I mean, he's just all putting right now, and I thought maybe after, you know, first couple rounds at Colonial, maybe he's figured something out. But Jordan Spieth, um, he's just not he's just not striking the ball well enough for me to trust him. I know he's won here before, won in the playoff for a burger. That was the a hole out for the bunker and the playoff where he goes and chest bumps uh, Geller. Um, yeah. Greller. But – He's just too putting reliant for me right now until I see more consistency out of the, out of the irons, out of the driver. I just can't do it. I mean, he he was he was positive in approach point three last week, but 
he's just not doing anything spectacular right now to make me want to play. And if he's not putting, he's just not going to justify. He's not going to return value. He missed the cut here last year. He fired a cool 75 in round three while everybody else was going, was firing 63s. He fired a 75. Uh, I'm with you. I had a buddy say he was considering for one done uh, about an hour before we got started. And I said, you need to reconsider. Um, <laughs> I said, I would not do that. He's not my fade. He's actually ninth out of 10th for me. I'm fading Patrick Reed. Uh, yeah, he was on my list too. I, I got a little bit of him last week. I had talked about him and you kind of talked me off of him. So I got to thank you for getting me on answer and off read a little bit last week. I still had one share and 10% read was too much last week. And, uh, you know, didn't make the cut at Heritage and, and wasn't even close, to be really frank. I mean, he was even par when the cut was four under. And he's had uh, pretty pretty poor success here. I'm not sure that's the way you word it, Skeeter. But 30th last year, missed the cut the year before. Now, before that, he had some good finishes. But he's missed a bunch of cuts here, too. Uh, I'll, I'll move away from Patrick Reed. Yeah, I, I, I think very good scoring right now, but... Yeah, I don't think he's hitting his irons real well either. So he was one I kind of looked at. I was like, oh, you know what? I do not want to go there. As I pulled numbers, yeah, he lost four strokes in approach last week. And even at Schwab, he was uh, extremely putter reliant, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for Patrick Reed. He can do that. But right. I don't know if I want to pay that price for him and hope that he has a good putting week. Um, decent polo putter, but yeah, just I'm not there. Are we ready to take it to the mysterious, often teased in this podcast, 7K tier? Absolutely. All right. I'm not going to go through them all. Skeeter, I don't know if your sleeper is your favorite. Is. I don't know if you want to. You want to. Oh, I was thinking maybe you could tease me along here a little bit longer. But all right, my man, you lay it on me. All right. Um, former winner here. Plays these short courses really, really well. Like I brought up the Pebble Beach narrative earlier and. He has traditionally played Pebble very well. When I look at the shorts, the just the short courses POA model, he is second behind Dustin Johnson in my model. And maybe this is a, again a lot of Pebble Beach. I really he's not he's missed both cuts since uh, we've started back again, but he's kind of been close. Like he hasn't been missing by three or four strokes. I think he's missed on the number or one off the number. At seventy one hundred, Kevin Streelman is my guy. He rates out pretty well for me, tee to green, rates out well in the scoring categories, very good par five strokes gained type of guy. Again, the short courses, he is top 10 approach, opportunities gained, birdies are better, DraftKings points, proximity from 150 to 175. He's above average in everything else. At 7,100, if everything's just the narrative kind of fits, the stats are fitting, I think this is a bargain price for a guy who has won here before and has had some Pretty consistent success. 15th, 33rd, 8th the past three years. I bet Streelman last week. Maybe I uh, find myself back to him. I'm not sure where he is I on the would, odds. I, I, would, I would bet him, especially the top you know, top six each way. I, you know, Obviously, with this field, who knows if he gets there, but he has enough, there's enough signs for me, personally, that I'm going to be using him heavily. His enhanced odds are 175 to 1. I, I mean, I would take that. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, man. My favorite is a guy that I'm not sure was supposed to be in this tier. Uh, and he's the highest price guy in this tier. Joaquin Neiman. He came on yesterday, too. And maybe this is just me using the sportsbook correlation to the DraftKings price. 
He's 40 to 1. He has he's 40 to 1. Paul Casey's 45. Spieth is 50. Uh, Sergio's 55 to 1. Woodland 55 to 1. Leishman 60, 60 to 1. All these guys price higher than him on DraftKings, and yet he is uh better, better or worse odds, depending on how you want to want it, but more of a favorite. Uh, and Neiman, again, you know, a younger guy who who you say the win might be coming. I don't know if the win's coming here, but it's 7,900, a guy who I think probably deserves to be in the 8K range, did good enough at Schwab, tied 32, was tied fifth yesterday at Heritage. Give me some Joaquin Neiman right now, Skeeter. He's playing well. I mean, he did he did win Greenbrier to start the season. And he finished five. I'm sorry. Okay, I, uh, that's not this season. That was in 2019. Um, uh, no, it's this season. Greenbrier was the first event of this season. It's just not right, the calendar year. Yeah, in 2019. That's not this season. No, no, you, no. You can, it's the I understand it's the season. I understand it's the wraparound. I don't prescribe to that. Hawaii is the start of the season. <laughs> I understand you're missing my sarcasm here. The season starts in 2020 in Hawaii. It ends when the FedEx Championship ends. Actually, it ends about three weeks before because the made-up playoffs is bogus, and that's how the season wow. really goes. Wow. Look at the look, – look, well – Besides the playoffs where people are playing for money, look at like the the really uh, big time tough fields we see in October during football season. We get great fields then, right? Get out of here with the Greenbrier. Uh, doesn't mean I don't like Neiman, who also finished fifth here last year. I like him a lot. I don't know if I'll bet him at the book because 40 to 1, not the odds I really like for a guy in this tier, that type. But man, 7,900 just seems like give me, give me Neiman. Yeah, I mean, he gained seven and a half strokes on approach. Um, his his irons were fire, especially in the weekend. Like he was the one Saturday that came charging out of nowhere and then hung around on Sunday for a while. So, no issues here for me with Neiman. I can always get aboard some Joaquin. I think there's probably a handful of guys, as there typically are in the seven K tier, worth uh, worth some some mention. Um, you know, one of my other favorite plays at seven K, even uh, that's Charlie Hoffman shot. I, I don't. Want you to- I don't want you to st- – yeah, very good history. Unfortunately, I had a good history in the last couple of places and isn't making the cut, so I'll bet him and I'll use him in a lineup, but I probably need to settle down on my Hoffman love, uh, at least when it comes to my financials right now. But um, I had to get Hoffman in before you snuck him in as one of your other guys because I was afraid you might do that to me. No, I know you wouldn't. Who else do you like in the 7K tier? I'm just going to list I'm just gonna list some of the names that I have start on. Victor Hovland rates out really well, and, again, he's another one who has played Pebble very well, won at USAM there. Um – Anytime I see Phil and Bubba winning a course, I'm going to look at lefties. So Brian Harmon at 7,600. I think he's actually played decently well here throughout the years. Let me pull up. Yeah. 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 Eight, six, third. Five years. Yeah. So, I mean, he rates out well. Um, <laughs> The scary one, but he is from the Northeast. Keegan Bradley has played well here in the past. Um. Yeah, and he's a Boston guy, so he's not far from home here, right? Right. Ches Reeve, defending champ, plays short course as well, but boy, he oh boy, his his uh, seventy six yesterday kind of killed my Fanduel upside team. That was six of six, so I don't know if I can go back there, but he at least fits. And then the only other guy I had, and I think it's because he plays short courses. Per, actually, no, why in the world do I have him? <laughs> Wait, why why do I have Max Homa star? There must have been something that. All right, let me see. The mustache? Uh, no, he gained six strokes in approach at Heritage. He just lost four putting and three around the green, and I don't care about around the green this week. That had to be the only reason I starred him at 7K. Fair enough. Um, What about Jason Day? I can't do it yet. I mean, he's so cheap, but he's not playing well. 
No. Um, and I'm with you on Keegan. I'll get me some Keegan. He's a guy I've always liked. Mm. It goes back to like that creepy one-eyed stare, staring down putts at the Ryder Cup. Uh, if you want to torture yourself, play Keegan and Corey Connors in the same lineup. Just watch it. Watch them to approach and don't worry. And just pray that they don't three putt from 15 feet. Okay, so here's the deal. Connors definitely one of my guys uh, that I like as well in the 7K tier. And uh, I having bet him the week before. I saw him uh, on Sunday kind of lay an egg and shoot a 70. And while I want guys I cheer for and, and I'll bet, you know, I bet guys I cheer for him, vice versa. I was sitting there thinking like, man, this would really be bad if he won this week when I didn't bet him. But actually, <laughs> at the same time, I wanted to see if he will. If you want to play team no putt, throw Benny on on that list. Good grief. that guy, He lost six strokes putting last week at Heritage. Didn't help that he lost four strokes off the tee. But, man, uh, that's tough well, to do in two rounds. Yeah, on won't be my guy, uh, but Connor's there. Uh, you mentioned uh, not the longest hitter, Kevin Kisner, who's uh, did well here last year. Yeah, I'll consider him. What about Joel Damon? He played. Um, he played pretty well this weekend, didn't he? His his Sunday was terrible. His Saturday was his his iron play on Saturday and approach play was out of this world. He uh, he shot a sixty three on Saturday. And I believe his longest putt was 11 feet. Yeah, so... He threw he, darts, man. I mean, he's he's been consistently gaining on approach. His problem at Heritage was he lost 3.7 strokes around the green, but his irons have been really, really good. All right, you convinced me to put a star by him. What about Ryan Palmer? Another guy who was in the hunt all weekend. <sighs> I I think I might just have trust issues with Ryan Palmer right now. <laughs> Played him two weeks ago, missed the cut. Don't play him last week. Plays well, so. And he he doesn't necessarily have a good history here either. Um, there's actually a guy at the same price. What is his history? Like 24th, 25th missed cut. What Billy Horschel doing anything? Um. He uh he did he miss the cut last week? Yes, he did. He missed the cut after finishing thirty eighth at Schwab. He missed uh, he missed the number. cut at minus three. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, minus four missed the cut, didn't it? Or was no. four the cut line? No, four got right, in, but Ricky, it was getting close to five. Yeah, Ricky was four under on Thursday and then went plus one on Friday to miss the freaking cut. That uh, once again, I took a screenshot on Friday morning and sent it to you, and that was a mistake. And Ricky didn't make the cut after that. Yeah, no, you were excited. You you didn't say it was a guarantee or anything. <laughs> Uh, but I'm with you. Billy Horschel is a name I have written down as well. Um, I mean, I'm always going to play my Charlie Hoffman lineup. There's always going to be a Harold Varner the third lineup for me. Um, I'm not so sure I have anybody else in the six K or seven K tier though. I don't either. I mean, I looked at a couple names. Um... I always find myself playing somebody that all of a sudden like turn. You know, I get turned on to Wednesday night. And I'm like, man, I didn't even have him written down out of like the twenty seven K names I write down. So right. there will be somebody I play. Yeah, like I looked at Snedeker and I eh, couldn't do it, but I get it. Kevin Nod popped a little bit, but when he, I think there's still some lingering injury issues there that I just don't want to deal with. Shall we take it to the 6K tier? Yep. Let's do it, Skeeter. We got plenty of options down here. Past champion, a World Golf Hall of Famer, some other guys. Anybody popping out to you? Um, I guess I'll go to another one of my guys who, of course, I play. Uh, actually, he made a cut two weeks ago. He just didn't have a good weekend, and I think he played well. Um, I think he played well last week. As I pull up the number, let me make sure. Another former winner at Pebble at 6,500, mm -hmm. Vaughn Taylor. Um, oh. 
He will score. He's pretty good at his proximity from 150 to 175. Tita Green, not bad. Um, oh, no, he did miss a Schwab. That's right. No, he started off hot and then had a bad Friday and missed the cut. I mean, he's not doing anything spectacular, but I know he's got birdie-making abilities, so if he can make a cut, I think he's actually... I think I thought he's had a couple decent finishes here. Uh, fourth a year ago. Only one missed cut out of seven uh, in this past seven exper uh, trips to TPC River Highlands. Sixty five hundred is just a really cheap price for somebody who outperforms his price just by birdie making ability. So, for me, I'll take the price times the scoring ability and take a chance at Vaughn Taylor. I can get behind it. I, I I struggle to see somebody that really just stands out as my. I agree. Yeah, this is my favorite out of the six K tier. <sighs> I want to say Ryan Moore, but he hasn't made the cut the last couple of weeks. I guess I'm going to go with Graham McDowell. Plays the short course, won a pebble when it was U.S. Open. Oh. Give me Graham McDowell. He's he's also, like all these guys I look at, they're not making the cuts. I'll say this about Graham McDowell, though, and while the cuts have been low, he's been under par to miss the cut in these first two events back. So it's not as if he's playing terrible. And the 75 on RBC Heritage that he, that he threw up on Thursday, he backed it up with a 66. So he showed that he still yeah. has the ability to go low. So and give me you know, Grant. And that's actually not a bad angle sometimes is the guy who had a terrible first round, played well in the second round, still missed a cut, Webb Simpson. Um, so, no. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Other guys that kind of pop for me, Cameron Champ pops pops as far as short courses and poa putting. Um, Sebastian Munoz is like 12th in my model. He's not in terribly great form, but really good with birdies or better, decent tee to green. Like, there wasn't much that he did wrong. So that was a – Weird name to throw out there. Uh, Matthew Neesmith, who I think I mentioned last week and uh, through two rounds. Yeah, I think he was up there. I was like, I, in that text year, I was like, oh, man, I actually did look at Neesmith. And, of course, that fell on deaf ears, so they all started mocking me on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, one guy that Pat Mayo mentioned who played, and then when I looked up his, played well at Pebble and Riviera, Matt Jones. I don't I think he's – did he play this past week? Um yeah, he's actually made the cut in both tournaments he's played so far. Hasn't been very good on approach, but off the tee has been good. Good short course correlation. He pops. And then if you want a deep flyer, I think he has won at Riviera. Also a little bit of a decent history at Pebble. 6,200 James Hahn. Not a ton of form, but there was enough there. Uh, 13th at Genesis this past year. Has, I, I think I don't know if he's been injured or why he hasn't playing much, but he has a, he's he's played decent on the West Coast before, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But he was he was like a deep flyer for me. I can get behind anybody as a little risky play here in and six. He had one. He has one in Genesis 2015, so maybe that was why his name popped. I feel like I remember looking at Han uh, maybe earlier in the year. Um, I've got a couple I guess we can throw out here. One is a guy that I've found myself enjoying uh, playing recently, going down the list a little bit, and one Johnny Vegas, who came off a pretty good week last week. He's always hit or miss. Mr. First-round leader, Johnny Vegas. We could get there. Um, I guess Carlos Ortiz strikes me as a guy I'm interested in playing, coming off of a pretty good week. Uh, Matthew Wolf in the 6K tier. Um Always makes me take a look. I know he's not playing great right now either. You're not gonna you're not gonna find guys playing great that are in the six K tier, but those are some names uh besides the ones you've mentioned that I see. 
I probably have a 6,700 Cam Smith lineup, even though he's not playing well. I mean, Doc Redman popped up on the weekend again. He always pops in stat models, but there was something about him I just did not like. Um, Bryce Garnett, maybe another one at 66, and Cameron Tringale, who hasn't played yet since we've come back, but was playing good beforehand. Oh, okay. I know it was Doc Redman. Um, his iron's on fire, but um, his worst putting surface by far is Poa, so that's just not – and he's usually a, not a good putter anyway. What's Tringali at? I, he, I not he's down at like 6,500 6, maybe? 63. 63, my bad. Good tee to green. Good, good par 4, 400, 450. Huh. I mean, he just wasn't – he just hasn't played yet this year. But, I mean, he's a guy that both of us – I think we're uh, we're using with some regularity before the the break. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to play, if you want to continue your team no putt lineup, um, Emiliano Grillo sixty three hundred. Well, uh, he's a guy I like to play, but I have yet to have real mm. success doing so. Yeah, I know. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's anybody else that I see. I mean, again, there's not like I don't look at the six K tier and go, oh, I gotta play this guy. I agreed. Which some weeks there's a 6,900, 6,800 guy, and I'm like, I'll use him two to three times. I'm not sure that person exists in this right. one. Yeah, for me, if Streelman was 6,900, I'd be like, okay, yes. So, any uh, anything else from the 6K tier? You got any one in particular that you absolutely won't play? Like, perhaps the guy up top. Who's the guy up top? Uh, well, I don't know if he's up top, depending on the way you look at it, Phil? but Phil's 69, right? That's that's a low price on Phil. Um, Isn't it? (laughs) I mean, when he's right there with Bud Colley and Luke List, you're like, wait a minute. Uh, I guess I'll fade uh, Lucas Beauregard. Um, Okay. Don't think he was playing real well before uh, all this going on. Let's see. No, he's been okay. But, no, he's kind of struggled since his – he was the one that lost to He's, Tiger in the in the match play a year ago. I thought he was the one who beat Tiger and then lost oh, the next. Because okay. that's where everybody like picked up his name was uh, was was because like he beat Tiger and then we we're like, wait a minute, how you say this guy's name? Yeah, he hasn't done. He was 16th at the Open last year and ever, ever, ever since since had a bunch of miscuts. I'll give you a fade. A guy I had used before the break, Lanto Griffin. He's been terrible since we've come back. Yeah, I think I heard his name thrown about a little bit last week, too, and it just didn't work out. Plus one to miss the cut last week, although he did go 67 on Friday after a 76 the day before. Okay. So may, maybe there is a little bounce back to that, but he was plus 10 the week before at Schwab, so he's missed both cuts pretty badly. And, uh, and then poor Michael Kim still is, um, hasn't made a cut in a event where there's been a cut since the Safeway in 2018. Like, his only other made cuts were because there was a no-cut event. Well, at least he gets paid at the no-cut events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure I'm not sure how to sugarcoat that. I usually try to find a good side to it, but... Right, he's actually about... He's, he's actually around average putting. I mean, you can't say anything else about the rest of his stats, but... But, you know, there you go. Come on, Michael can make a cut. Okay. I would root for that. Um, well, Skeeter, I guess we should talk a little bit about uh, one and done here. I went Bryson and Kuchar last week. So, again, that's two and done. My league is a pick two. So, fair decent enough. I had already used Webb. I'd already used Hatton. Uh, I have not used Answer yet. And he may be one. I may go Answer. I think I've used Bub already. I haven't looked. But I may use Answer this week. 
Yeah. Um. So I wrote in the article that I used Sun, that I was going to use Sun J M, and when I originally had put in the things last week, I had Rose as my primary, Sun J as my backup. So I went to go switch them. Apparently, I forgot to hit submit. So I ended up on Justin Rose. So I will take the the T11 or whatever he was. Uh, for me, from one and done, I don't know what I want to do. Again, I usually say this every week. Like Gary <laughs> Woodland's kind of the guy I'm thinking of because I don't know. I like it. People are going to be on him. If I really wanted to go ultra contrarian, I'm I'm afraid I like Kevin Streelman way too much, and I'm afraid that maybe I'm just completely biased on this and. I'm not sure I'm at the point I want to get too, so cute that I go lone wolf strategy, but um, he's I think in consideration. I think the cutest I can get is Joaquin Neiman. Like I like Neiman Woodland. I'm not sure I like I like Leishman for DraftKings. I don't know if I'd like to use him in one and done. I want somebody I'm a little more comfortable with, which would be a Woodland. Like Woodland, knock on wood, feels real safe to make the cut. As does Bubba. Usually Paul Casey makes the cut where he makes the cut. I mean, he's burned me before, but I feel like Neiman, Woodland, Casey, Bubba, Answer, you know, if I'm sticking, if I'm going away from the big guns, those are the names I'm focusing in on. Do you have Bubba left? I think I do. I'm not sure. No, I probably don't because about Genesis. I bet I used him either at Genesis. He also does good at waste management, I think. So I think I used him at one of those two. Yeah. Again, being a two and done and I, I don't think I'd planned on play, saving him for a, a Masters, and I certainly wouldn't use him in any other major. So I probably used him. I've got a look still. Sergio's intriguing. Um, or if you want to go complete, you know, a guy that I don't think people will use in one and done because they're probably going to hold on to him, Dustin would be an interesting one and done pick this week. Yeah, I get you. I used him the week before, and that was uh, what you call a dud. I think I'm trying to save him for Memphis. Which I uh, I get that. And I could see saving Dustin, particularly in my case with a two and done. I could see uh, saving him. But yes, I have indeed used Webb already. Um, I believe I've used Bubba. How far down is Bubba in the World Golf Rankings? Oh, there he is. He's 46. I, so I have used Bubba already. I need to see what the new World Golf Rankings were after this. Um, Webb's up to number five. At least bumps mm-hmm. DJ. Well, uh, Webb's won twice this year, baby. Yeah, DJ has been struggling, so. Yeah. Wow, went ninth to fifth. That's a pretty good jump. Yeah, I mean. Hadn't top 20 in the world now. He was know. right there, though, before that, wasn't he? He was 20th. Okay, I thought, yeah, I thought he was, he thought he was there. Because he had just won, and he had finished uh, T6, I think, at WGC Mexico. So he had had two really good finishes. And I think uh, he had been doing good before his – he had a win in Europe before the wrist surgery too, I think. I'm Hatton. not looking at his profile right now. All right, let's look at Hatton. He... Yeah, he, yeah, he won at the end of 2019, the Turkish Airlines Open. Okay, there you go. All right. Past five events, first, 46, sixth, first, third. Hmm. Oh, and by the way, you better believe yesterday morning when he was in that final group, and I was like, all right, I cashed a ticket on him at, at Mexico. I cashed a ticket on him at API. I was like, w- with the win. Uh, or uh, Yeah, it was API, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, if he wins this one, like, I guess Tyrrell Hatton's like my new guy. Like, sorry, Charlie yeah. Hoffman, you might have to move oh, over. Oh, wow. It's close. It's close. Charlie's definitely uh, the guy still. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But Hatton is certainly, he's working a sweet spot into my soul, man. Yeah, I don't blame you. Working a spot. By the way, where, where I'm just looking at the world rankings. Like, 
Where's Molinari? Where's Fleetwood? Where's Westwood? Why are we not seeing them? Are they just going to be uh, I would guess with those guys, they're all Euros, right? I don't know if Tom, I would assume Tommy still lives in England. I would assume Molinari lives in, because uh, Molinari's married to an English woman. Ish? Oh, I didn't know that. I think he is. I'm super speculating here. This is just like me trying to pull things out of my mush spot of my brain. So that may not be true. But, you know, he's an Italian. Like, I mean, I guess if you were in quarantine, Italy's not where you wanted to be, <laughs> considering no. how it was. No, but, no. But if you're, Fra- if you're Frankie Molinari and you could be quarantined, like, out there on the Riviera, then maybe the Italy is the spot. Like, you put me in the Amalfi Coast, you can quarantine me there for the rest of my life, my friend. That's a fair point. So, I but yeah, I don't know where they're at. I've heard people asking where Fleetwood is. I haven't really pe- heard anybody asking where Lee or uh, Frankie was yet. Well, I mean, Lee West was my guy, so I gotta. Yeah, I I loved me some Lee back in the day. And I and he a, was a couple, the summer of Molinari two years ago was very profitable for me. So, yeah, I'm wondering if we're in the summer of Webb. By the way, I don't know if a win at uh, Phoenix in February counts, but but it was summer tell me there. Yeah, no, yeah, that's really interesting. Who's gonna be the <laughs> Or the, the the fall of Bryson in eighteen when he won the won the first two Fox Cup events. So, could be seeing that again. Maybe, maybe this maybe we're gonna start the summer of answer. Hey, I already told you he's my favorite play, and I'm betting him this week. So I could get started with that right now and be real stoked about it. Yep, sounds good. We got anything else for the travelers? I don't think I do. All right, well, Skeeter, I told you last week I didn't have any bets, and then I had a friend take me out to the casino. So. I can tell you this. I purchased a new truck today. I will be making sure I get myself out to the book this week. I will be cashing in a couple of winning tickets. So that's a guarantee I'm going out there if I've got tickets to cash. So I will make my bets. It'll be Wednesday evening. I've told you four guys I'm almost sure I'm on. We'll figure the rest out. You know Charlie Hoffman's on the ticket. So consider yourself aware of five of the seven. Not sure who my last two will be. Charlie's always a FOMO bet. Yes, Charlie is basically here, – here's the rule. Here's my my strategy in betting. If Charlie's in the tournament, I bet seven golfers. If he's not, I bet six. <laughs> so I think, you, I think you understand what I'm saying. If Charlie plays, I've got $10 that I will burn every week playing five and five. Uh, and if I keep doing all right, we might jump it to 10 and 10. I'm, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but whatever whatever the strategy is, whether it's five and five, 10 and 10, if Chuck's in the, in the tournament – He's on my bet slip. I understand. So that's just, that's a rule. Especially now that he's got a nickname. I mean, I can say I'm betting the seagull. I mean, like we could, we could do, I could say the same thing twice by using a different name. This is good stuff for me. Maybe no one else, but for me. And then, and then you just want to, but you're speechless. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing. Have you're nothing. speechless. Yes, you're correct. Oh, if, uh, if Abe answer wins and it's legal for me to order Fetcha Elzul, uh, from not Razal Ghul, by the way. I know you didn't get that reference. That's nope. a Batman uh, Bane reference. Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of that too. Dang it. That's, hey, The Dark Knight's a good movie. You should watch that. Uh, I, I'm taking you off Star Wars. Watch. Take, go watch The Dark Knight. But anyway, uh, if answer wins, yeah, I'll try to get me some Fetch Ozil. Nice. How's that? Or I'll lie about it and drink uh, Jose or something else. Whatever works for you. Or, and I know you're not going to get this reference, and this will be my last liquor reference of the day. If Bryson wins, I'll go out and get some crack and rum because I'm hoping you saw the the uh, the interview with him where he talked about his inability to unleash the Kraken on this course. I did not. Meaning, meaning his drive. 
So he's referring to his new body and unleashing the big, long uh, monster drives as unleashing the Kraken, is how he referred to it in an interview this week. Okay, I get the Kraken reference. <laughs> well, it's, there's also a rum, I think, called the Kraken. Ah. So that's that's where I was going. Once again, uh, you know, we're, we're a day away from golf league, Skeeter, where tomorrow night I'll have some beverages. So I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it already. You're getting mentally prepared. Correct. Why? Why would I be getting mentally prepared for the back nine at Willows when I could be getting prepared for the the nineteenth hole tomorrow? That's a good point. <laughs> All right, Skeeter, I'm off the rails. You got anything else for the Travelers, brother? I don't. All right. Well, let's put a bow on it. I appreciate everybody listening, uh, Skeeter. Good luck again this week to you. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more excitement come this Sunday in Connecticut. Uh, be awesome to see a finish like we've had the last two weeks. Let's hope for it. Golf has been great. Return. Uh, for just enjoyment so far. So hopefully everybody continues to enjoy it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. <laughs>